This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome, welcome. We're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Here for you, here for your pets. And I am here at VMX, the largest, largest conference in North America, maybe even the world. I'm not so sure, but uh, they're expecting, I don't know, 25,000 people here. It's insane. And I'm here with my special guest who I've visited with us in the past. That's Dr. Dana Barbel, who is Chief veterinary officer at the VMX at North American Veterinary Conference. And um, I mean, I'm telling you, what they did was was sort of ingenious. And that was, you know, it was very expensive to attend these conferences, and rightly so. And after COVID, to try to attract people, come on back into these conferences, they made it so reasonable for veterinarians. This place, I'm telling you, it's packed. So I'm having a great time. A lot of you are joining me here. We have great questions. By the way, as my uh, followers are joining, I'm waving to everybody. Hi, thanks for joining us. Dana, Dr. Marble does exotics. So if any of you have those exotic pets and you have a question for your exotic pets, anyway. So Dana, how are things? Uh, busy. <laughs> very, very busy. It's really exciting. We actually have officially today over 26,000 attendees here. Wow. So it's very packed. Everyone's really excited to learn more, check out all our exhibitors, talk with the speakers, get their training, learn the new stuff. It's been an amazing day. If you get on your Instagram and uh, send a request, you can like wave at me, follow. If you're following my show, you do get a request about my show live. So go on. And then that way you can actually ask to be, um, and and when I see that, I'm going to allow you in. And there it is. So you can ask to be um, part of the the show. So uh, I'm so bad at Instagram, you know that. But if you can put a request to uh, join me live, and uh, I will do that. I wave to you. And Pet Life Radio is here, of course, of course. So uh, anyway, let's talk about some things while Dana is getting set up to uh, put a request for to join me here live. And I will accept, of course. Then I want to talk about that new thing, this respiratory virus bug. So Dana, while you're doing that, let's. what's going on is, I, in fact, I went to a talk and uh, it was very interesting. And the current thought is, we talked about this, it's not just one thing. It might be just a complex of a lot of different things. And the, the overall recommendations are, as we know, we want to go ahead and make sure that all our pets are vaccinated for the things we can vaccinate against. And that's the influenza, that's the Bordetella, parainfluenza, part of the DA2. In fact, in fact, there was a case that the speaker mentioned about that someone went for some reason to the DAP vaccine without the second P, which is parainfluenza, just the parvo. And it had a Bordetella and had influenza, an H3N2 for sure. And I, I do the bivalent H3N8 and the H3N2. And um, anyway, it was interesting that this dog came back, came out with this, this the, the disease. So um, anyway, I'm saying if you, um, if you weren't able to uh, ask to join, I don't know how to do that. So uh, if you could figure it out, do it because I, I got your waving. Help. <laughs> yeah. So uh, people do it all the time. You can tell me because some of you have done it. How is Dana going to get on this show anyway? Because I want her. I mean, she's on my my uh, pet life radio, but we also want her on the Instagram live. So uh, somewhere there's a way you can request to be on live. I'll uh, work to, on that to, to join the show. 
So anyway, what else is going on new in the veterinary world that our, our listeners and viewers could uh, take advantage of knowing? Well, there are so many amazing new medications that are so different these days. Um, Dr. Weber, you know, you're probably just as excited about these as me because these are medications specifically designed for animals. These aren't human medications that we're trying to figure out how to make work for a dog or and sometimes even more challenging, how to make work for a cat. These are cat medications or dog medications. So... I mean, it's really exciting because the number of side effects, we know more about how they're going to work. We know so much more about these medications. Right. You know, one of the things also, it's it's new. Speaking of which, there's a new medication that's being put out by Zoetis for osteoarthritis. And that's great. And you know what I've also noticed? There are a lot of new cancer tests available to detect early cancer. And there is one apparently that could, could be done in the office, sent to one of the labs. And, you know, this is great. There are ways that we could, because, you know, again, cancer is always so tough to treat. If we can come up with a way that can get an early detection, catching these cancers earlier, then again, we can help the longevity of your pets, which is important. Yeah. I just learned about this new cancer detect screening for urinary bladder cancer. And, you know, that was always so challenging because we used to have to do things like x-rays and ultrasound and you know, some of those tests are a little harder to schedule. Right. They can be a little invasive. And, and expensive. Now, <laughs> and expensive, yeah. And now we can just send a urine sample, which we all get every day. Absolutely. <laughs> Off to the lab, right? So uh, we have a question that came in, and it is, how far should we walk a 12-year-old 10-pound dog? And you know, when it comes to exercise, um, obviously, exercise is great. Uh, we don't want to overexercise them. I, you know, when it comes to older dogs, I let them tell me how long. Now, as long as the dog's not overweight, because then if a dog's overweight, they're not going to want to walk. We have to kind of push them a little bit to increase the exercise. But if, if it's a healthy dog, no issues. Guy was in my office with a 14-year-old dachshund, and they walk four miles a day. That's a lot. Of That's a lot. Her little legs. I know. <laughs> but the dog just keeps walking. He would, the dog would walk more if the guy let him. I mean, that's that's. That's, that's that's awesome though because exercise is so important we know that yeah so you know again it's good for the, obviously for the mind it's good for the body obesity number one nutritional disease affecting our pets so if there's anything that we can do to help control obesity then that's kind of what we want to do so um anyway that's good so let me uh all right i do group training at this point i stop for a month do you think it's safe to have class with all the dogs not ever engaging another dog well great question i would say that it, things have slowed down a little bit Okay, with this respiratory disease complex. Proceed with caution. I would make sure that all the dogs are well vaccinated with Bordetella, the influenzas, the parainfluenza, and make sure they're healthy in every other way. Minimize as much as you can. Or if you have group training, it might be better to divide each group that you're doing into two or even three and have fewer dogs at a time and just do it, you know, do the only one that has to work harder is you. All right. And uh, I know, Vicki, that that you have no problem with hard work. So uh, it just might be a little safer to to start doing it slowly and see what happens. Let the success or failure be the barometer of how fast and how much, how many dogs you can do at the same time. All right. Let's see. Dog's 11. He loves walking. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of dogs. I see a lot of joinings. Guys, I know there's got to be questions here 
for our doctor, who as I said, knows a lot more about exotics than I do. All she has to know is a little, and she still knows a lot more than I do. So other things that we've um, you know seen here are, as Dana said, there are a tremendous amount of new tests. There's new drugs. There are some things that longevity seems to be the new hot topic now also, and different medications to really try and see what they can do. But one says they can add, I don't know, three years or... Yeah, there's some new studies coming out, some new companies developing some amazing drugs focused entirely on basically slowing the aging process. And they're really focused, what I love about them is they're focused on not only longer lives, but better longer lives. Because you don't necessarily want to prolong the years that are tough, that are painful, that are hard. You want to prolong the years that are happy and pain-free where you have a dog that's doing all these amazing walks, like all of your walks. Right. Yeah. So those drugs, they're early, but I, they're really exciting to hear that they're showing promise. And another uh, thing that I'm noticing, diagnostics. You know, when you go to your vet, I mean, what typically are biggest diagnostic tools for blood work and x-rays. All right. That's all we, we had, you know, back in the day. And then ultrasound, right? Started becoming more and more prominent and prevalent. Yeah. And I do ultrasound all the time. One of the things that we can, um, that we're now we're doing is they're having fluoroscopy, they're having CT, MRI. I mean, they're doing so many advanced diagnostics, endoscopy, obviously, for the specialists. So it's so much more. In fact, I, I you know, I do my French bulldogs. I'm a Frenchy guy. And the University of Missouri is doing some major work right now with studying Frenchies. They're swallowing, they're doing fluoroscopy, they're hiatal hernias, they're obviously, they're, they're BOAS, which is the, 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 the respiratory issues with the obstructive airway disease syndrome. And they are doing the surgeries, they're correcting more than just the, the, the throat. So it's actually amazing. That's interesting. When you say, Vicky, let's hear about that. They're giving the wrong results to a dog with the same name. Is that for testing, you mean? I want to, I'm curious. One of the animals they I wanted to take a, a video with, someone's walking around with an armadillo. <laughs> very cool. Very, and, very cool. And I thought that, that's fun. <laughs> okay. Let's other, some um, hot topics. Now, I always know what's going on pretty much in the uh, dog world. What's, how about in the exotic world? Oh, so the big hot topic right now is how amazingly popular bearded dragons are. So for those of you that have these really cool little pets, we know they're incredibly popular and for good reason. Um, they stay small. They are easy to handle. They're a reptile pet that little kids can be around with proper hygiene, of course. But because of that, we're there's a lot of research into optimal husbandry, the best cage, the best diet for them. It, do they need supplements? A lot of them do. So how do we do that easily? Because we want to take the burden of pet care out of your hands. We want to make it easier for you. Because the easier that it is, the better your pets are going to do, right? right? I have a couple of clients, actually, that, that just got bearded dragons. <laughs> See? And, and, I, and I, so one, of them, one of them, she's a physician. And um, she's done so much homework as a, as a doctor. She, she, of course. And that makes sense. I, when, now when I have clients calling me, I say, don't call me. I'm going to give you a medical doctor who probably knows more about them because she's done so much homework. What's the best product to have a great Pyrenees for their hips at six years of age? Well, first of all, keeping them lean is going to be important. Secondly, anything with it. And there's so many products out there with chondroitin, glucosamine, MSM, green lip muscle, omega-3 fatty acids. So there are a lot of 
products out there that are really good just in general to keep the, the hips healthy. Obviously, if there's pain and there already is arthritis, speak to your veterinarian about some non-steroidals that you can use, but there's a new drug from Zoetis. Yeah, it's a monoclonal antibody. So right. totally different than any of our existing medications. Right. And the nice thing is we can use it with anti-inflammatories, right. with your Cosequin, with your MSM. So it hopefully it'll replace some of those because it works so well. Yeah. But even if it can't, it's so safe. Right. Because again, totally new medication. So it's really exciting for us. Liver, what's it, do you know the name? Labrella. Labrella. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So ask your veterinarian. I think now it's available. I know they're they're yeah. promoting it a lot. Um, I'm going to look into it to have it. I, I I think it's given once a month, once every 28 days. They say these are the game changers. This is what makes this. These meetings, first of all, so exciting. And in general, how fast? I remember when I graduated vet school a long time ago, one of my mentors had warned me, is she says, just remember, Jeff, every five years, half of what was gospel is going to be obsolete. That's how fast things are moving. I feel like it's even faster yeah. some days. Wow. We, you know, it's great. I mean, it's good that we have so much stuff going on, but uh, no, it's really good. All right. So we're going to take a quick break here from Pet Life Radio. I know Mark wants to run his mid-show commercials. And so we'll be back after these short messages. Don't go away. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet And we're back. We're back live here at Pet Life Radio, here at BMX on the floor, the show floor. Um, we finally figured out how Dana can join us live. Yep. So uh, that's good. And um, anyway, so um, uh, I've got some more questions. Can your dog have a cytopoint shots his whole life or is it dangerous? Oh, I think they can have them their whole life. Yeah. Uh, allergies are so hard to treat. Yeah. You'd hate to stop it. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I learned today, actually this morning, is that when you stop treating allergies it, and the, the whole process starts up again, then you're almost starting from square one all over again, which is something that we want to avoid. So yeah, I it's probably better to maintain that allergy. We were I went to a, actually yes. a talk on cat allergies. Good. And the cascade of events that happens with allergy is so strong that if you back off and wait too long between, it could be a problem. So uh, no, I, I would imagine the safety uh, studies are there. I even have some cases, fortunately very few, that need both Cytopoint and Apoquil uh, to do them both. I don't like to, and it's, it's sort of, but there is a little bit of a gap between the two that sometimes you need the overlap with the, the way they work because they work pretty differently. So. And I'm sure you've seen, Dr. Weber, you stop and then all of a sudden you get secondary infections right. and even other problems. So 
sometimes you're not back at square one. You're actually worse. worse. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So let's see why we got some waivers here. So any other questions for Dana? Let's see. Are NZ green mussels good for hips and bones? So um, the New Zealand green mussels, it, it is one of the more natural ingredients that are included in a lot of these products. It's almost like you see um, green lip muscle. So there is that the natural joint protection. Also, they help increase the joint fluid production. So they're what we call chondroprotectants. And um, those, I would say, if you can find products that have a lot of these things, now, would I rely on only one? I don't know. I, I think it's good to have many. Um, I, you know, at first it was just chondroitin, uh, glucosamine turned into chondroitin, and they really, really only need one or the other because they both, in, I guess, in the degradation, they, they one becomes the other. Um, I don't know if enough about, about the science to know exactly which is which, but the, uh, then they added the MSM, and that's great. And I, I see now not only a lot of green lip muscle product, but I also see omega 3s and omega 6s. Yes, yes. So some of the fatty acids also seem to help these animals so that's that's good and we'll add in the polyglog <laughs> i'm gonna mispronounce it pgsag oh, the psg in- yeah. yeah the, the, the polysulfated <laughs> glycosaminoglycans perfect PS- thank you PSGAGs. Big, yes. for, for the rest of us <laughs> yeah. the other one yeah yeah, yeah. just P- <laughs> psgag it'll get you it'll get you there all right so uh dog one so the uh the dogs that there are a few dogs have that gene the mdr1 gene um, yeah can they, can they have Cytopoint? I would imagine there's no... I don't believe there's any contraindication no, right. with that gene. But the other thing I would say is a lot of people are worried about that gene without really knowing for sure that their pet has right, it. Right, And we have wonderful genetic tests these days. And you don't have to even come to a veterinarian for those. Just order them. Yeah. There's some great companies out there that do genetic testing. And you can find out if your dog carries that gene. And that's great for us because it can help inform our treatment of them. Yeah. Definitely. This is a good one for Dana. Are monkeys still common house pets? Oh, I will say this. No. Thank goodness. Yeah. No. You know, spider monkeys are extremely active um, uh, primates. They have a prehensile tail. They're loud. They swing from trees. They take up an enormous amount of space. So primates in general are extremely difficult pets to keep and, happy and, and healthy. I understand they're very hard. They can't really house train them. So they no. weren't diapers. Uh, yeah. Do you want a toddler forever right. in diapers? I, I, they're, they're, if you're interested in that kind of pet, there are better pets. But in general, I tell people primates are extremely difficult to manage. There's some great skink and gecko species that have sca- that have those kinds of tails. Way easier to take care of. <laughs> ah, that's good to know. Yeah. I kind of like some of those pets. I, I haven't had them, but uh, you know what I would love to have? Uh, I, I'd be the only one in the family, I think, who wants one, but snakes. I really, I get along with snakes. You don't like snakes? I have four. Oh. I have four. I have four snakes. Great pets. They are really, really cool pets. <laughs> they are. And, uh, you know, you get, I would get a, you know, like a, some sort of, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know, they're, they're, what's the, the, the python? Which one? Do yeah, you... so I have four ball pythons. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah uh, they're great pets. They are great pets. Yeah, uh, I'm again, some, fun some, to keep. Yeah, fun to keep. There's a picture of me somewhere. I was in Mexico and this guy had this humongous mm-hmm. ball python that was sitting on 
uh, my my wrapped around my shoulder. It was fantastic, and they're really good. They 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 have personality. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. They know who I am. It's crazy. People ask me all the time. They're like, "Are do your ball pythons know who you are?" I'm like, "Yeah, actually, they do. They behave differently than me than they do for others. So they absolutely know who I am." Um, another question came in about any more updates on a mystery illness. So Ivy, we do know that it's slowing down a little bit. We are still recommending the same things. Do vaccinate what you can. There has been no direct identification, whether it's a mycoplasma, a bacterium, a virus. It's not been anything that's been identified or grown. If we can't grow it, then that means we can test uh, what antibiotic or what medication may work. Exciting update, actually. I'm sorry oh. to interrupt, Dr. Weber. Yeah, Dr. Needle, who's a pathologist from the University of New Hampshire, will be here at VMX tomorrow oh, yeah. to talk about some updates on his research into this illness. So I'm really hoping that he'll have a lot of information to share that we can bring back to you guys. So there's your answer. So, so for <laughs> sure, I mean, next week we'll we'll have a little bit more. I did. So I went to uh, one of my friends, Dr. Mike Lappin, uh, who's been uh, he's at Colorado State. We I went to one of his lectures, and he also uh, was saying that uh, he's he's been very very active in this arena as well. And the news to me was keep your dogs vaccinated as well. Try to avoid unnecessary group gatherings. If you have to do it, do it with care and caution. Make sure everybody else is vaccinated. And make sure your veterinarians are using the the, the vaccines for parainfluenza, which is when you have the DAPP or the DAP, DA2PP, make sure that second P is there. One is parvo, the other one is parainfluenza. Then you have Bordetella. There are also some Bordetella shots that include parainfluenza. And so make sure that that is one of them. Now, the, he was saying, like, the, for example, there is an oral Bordetella that is out there with just Bordetella. Try to get ones that at least have the parainfluenza as well. And then finally, the influenza vaccine. The most important one is H3N2. He's saying the H3N8 is really kind of not a, a worry anymore, but it, most of the vaccines are bivalent, has them both. It's okay. And uh, so his bottom line was vaccinate. Keep your dogs as healthy as they can. And then you have less to worry about, about yeah. this new bug. I've treated a number of them they last longer than a regular standard, but I have had none, fortunately, that have turned into like a pneumonia and and passed. That's so, great. Uh, I, and I, he said it's a very low percent yeah. that dogs actually die from this disease. Yeah. So, you know, we want you to be concerned, but we don't want you to panic. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Hello, Sister B. <laughs> My sister just joined. That's Bethany. <laughs> Good. Fusion noise earlier. I don't know what happened. So with the, the confirmed MDR one, so so um, that's back to Ivy about the uh, the gene. So her okay. dog has it confirmed. Okay, but I don't think there is a contraindication to the cytopoint. Correct. So, cytopoint should be safe for your yeah. dog. Yeah. All right. And Steve, hi. So for those of you who are just joining me, I'm here live on the floor uh, with Dr. Dana Barbel. Here she is the chief medical officer, veterinary officer for NAVC, the North American Vet Conference, who's, who puts on this amazing VMX show. Uh, it is, it's the largest in North America. And um, anyway, so we're just talking. And as I said, for those of you who have exotics, she knows a lot about exotics because she treats them and I don't. So, uh, so anyway, any other questions? We are down. We have passed our time, but you know me, I always waste a little more time because it's not wasting it. The doctor's name. Oh, uh, is if you're talking about Dr. Um, is it Dr. Needle? 
Uh, yes, Dr. Needle. Dr. David Needle will be joining us tomorrow from the University of New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the first ones that, that uh, came out with the, well, they're working on the discovery. They're the other ones that said it, they don't think it was a bacterium because they couldn't grow it. Didn't think it was a virus. They didn't know what it was. Yeah, I think he's he's done more of the research in the labs. So right. he's really getting into, you know, maybe it's a virus, maybe it's a bacteria. They're looking at it at DNA level now. That's how hard it is to figure out what caused it. Wow. Yeah. All right. And uh, so that's a mystery illness. Yeah, no, it's getting a lot of attention here. It really it is. is. They're, they're, it, I've been to a number of talks already, and they are um, anything to do with infectious disease. And that's what Dr. Mike Lappin does. He's an infectious disease guy. So is Benadryl okay to use on your dog temporarily? Here, here's my thoughts about Benadryl. First of all, as we know that histamine is not a major, if at all, player in canine allergy. Now, maybe 5%, 10% max. But so here's my take. When I recommend it, and I do, I don't recommend it as much for the anti-allergy component because it's really not, histamine is not a major player. However, I do like the fact, like chlorpheniramine, that they are the old-fashioned drowsy medications. What I find funny are things like Zyrtec and the ones that, that are non-drowsy, Claritin, those are worthless in my opinion. They might help that 5 or 10% if, if, if that dog has any histamine as a, as a player. But generally speaking, I like the Benadryl because I use it for like sometimes airline travel. I, I use it when you just want to take the edge off. You just yeah. want to, you don't want to knock them out. You just want to get them a little more comfortable. A fractious animal coming into the office, for example. That, that's right. I find Benadryl helps. It's over the counter. It's easy. Dose is a milligram per pound. So that's, you know, very that's safe. Easy, very safe. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I still use it, but not necessarily specifically for allergy. My new favorites, as you all know, Cytopoint and Apoquil. I still sometimes have to resort to prednisone. Cats, 100% I resort to prednisone. Yes. Um, though uh, Apoquil, interestingly, is off-label and some are using it for cats. It's a little cautious. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say. Have some sort of scary side exactly. effects. Exactly. I would yeah. say proceed with caution. I went, to a, caution. I went to a yeah. cat derm lecture. She was saying it is She's tried everything, cyclosporin, the prednisolone, you name it. She's tried it. Nothing worked. Immunotherapy. And then finally resorted to the Apoquil. And in this particular cat, it did help, but she would not recommend. So I have not ever done it. And I don't know if I will. I haven't needed to, fortunately. So we'll see. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's see. Yeah. Good luck. All uh, right. All right. All right. So I think we've hit everybody, all your questions. And I, yeah, I hope we do. So. If there are no other questions, I'm going to get back on the floor and I'm going to hopefully send you some good videos I'm taking. I want to thank Dana, Dr. Varble, for uh, once again being our guest. I love yeah, doing this. Yeah, happy to be here. And um, I hope that uh, you know you learn something new. I learn something new every time I uh, talk with her because she knows things that I don't. And uh, well, a lot of people know things I don't. <laughs> that's the <laughs> side support. We're not well, going to give it to that now. Here, right? Yeah, exactly. Because we all know things the other one doesn't. That's the fun of being here. Yeah. All right. So uh, anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio on Instagram Live. If you have any questions, you know how to reach me at Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. You can reach me here on Instagram, just Werbs underscore DBM. Tell your friends to follow me. And uh, the, any questions, you know, I love answering questions, hoping that I can, you know, help your pets. Uh, enhance the, 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 the life you have with them and their life that they have with you. So on that note, we'll see you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel here on Instagram Live and Pet Life Radio. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Bye. 
Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.